What's up, world? How we doing? How we living? Undeniable perception, episode 122, brother from the same mother. Hey man, 122. I saw right now you're shutting off your phone uh, on your on your wallpaper screensaver. So Zeke in bed, huh? A little sick. Oh no. Well, that's not him sick, but it was just him sleeping. Oh, I thought for a second maybe it was like with, today with Sage. So with I was Sage thinking about the 22 man. It's almost gonna be 22 hours, right? Since he threw up. So what's the update, man? He's just been. He got. He got a little stomach flu. 22 minutes. Yeah, he just got a little stomach bug that he probably ate up. Ate up, some, on, uh, ate up some germs. That was on your birthday? Yeah. How yeah. was your birthday, man? Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you, man. It was good, bro. I had a good time. It was just with the fam. I got to work out in the morning. Then went to Disneyland. We got to eat at the... At the... Fuck, Lamplight Lounge? So that's like the big restaurant there. Oh. You know, it's cool. We got like really good seating. Like we got it right next to the... Where the water's at. And like it's like a good ass view. And then you see like the Ferris wheel... Like, like the rest of like the Pixar area, so it was cool. And it's uh the Pixar area. So this is all inside Disneyland. Disney California. Oh, this, so it's okay, Cali- yeah. okay, got it. So mm-hmm. the restaurants inside Disney California, and it's good. What you get? Uh nah, the food's whatever, bro. They don't really accommodate for for my type of diet. Oh fuck. So I got like lobster nachos, but they're they're decent, bro. And then I got like an Impossible Burger. But it's like a pineapple, and the, they they uh, put stuff on the pineapple where they make it taste like pastrami. So oh, it's okay. Like, so it's, it's like, like jerk. A, is it like jerk fruit? Maybe jackfruit. Nah, nah. It was like a pineapple, bro. That's pretty good, and the taste was okay. Yeah, it tastes like pastrami. It was decent. It was decent. It wasn't no wow. Especially no not for wow the price, shit. right? Nah, it was decent. The the where we where we sat, the scenery was dope. It was cool. But yeah. It's it's uh, the sorry. food at Disneyland's whatever. Yeah, sorry, I was trying to make a look up because I could have sworn there was a few people that I recognized whose birthdays were on yours. No, ain't nobody on my birthday. Bro. Oh, there is, and I just well, not on the year, but the same date. Tim McGraw, bro. Nah, bro, that's the one that stands out. But no, I could have sworn Wes Anderson is on your birthday. Oh yeah, one of the great like filmmakers, that. man. Yeah, I saw a bunch like post up happy birthdays on those on May first, dude. Ah. Uh, yeah, Tim, freaking, yeah, I didn't realize Tim McGraw. But, dude, Wes Anderson's the best one, in my Qu- opinion. Queen Elizabeth died on my birthday, bro. Miss Elizabeth? She died the day you were born? Macho, Macho Man's... Same year? She, she OD'd with Lex Luger, bro. Oh, but my, it wasn't the year. Nah, but on my birthday. I was saying, man, a queen had to Ooh. die for a king to be born. Is that Damn, what it was? Man, I'm the real Macho Man. <laughs> Shit, yeah, bro. rest in peace, both of them, man. Yeah, man. Macho, one of the greatest, man. Macho, man. Come on. Yeah, dude. I I would say of all time for me is probably Shawn Michaels with like looking back, persona and everything. Him and then Macho, man. Those those are tier one, tier tier A, tier B for me. I have to give the persona tier one to Macho, man. Yeah. I think his persona, his character, his finishing move, his entire speech. You know, his speak, everything he developed. I think to me that's number one. Really? Okay. But in terms of uh, like type of wrestling skills and what brought to that, the, like, yeah, Shawn he's Michaels number one. Sure. Well, Persona, Heartbreak Kid, yeah, I think the Sweet Chin music is way more creative than the elbow drop. Dude, let's be real. No, but you're just trying to simplify the elbow drop, man. The way he made that elbow drop look. Yeah, yeah. You would jump so I high. love Macho Man. Picture yeah. perfect finishes when you would take a snapshot. Whoa, it looks better. 
when yeah. you frame it on the wall, right? Yeah, he yeah. had the glasses, the shades. So did Shawn Michaels with but the with it, the heart. But it was it copied, all copied from Macho Man style, nah, man. bro. Yeah, the showstopper. Come on, dude. bro. I don't know. They're they're there. But yeah, you know what? But Macho Man's my era. Shawn Michaels is your era. Yeah, I got to see that a lot of sense, Shawn Michaels, man. especially with DX. Like he went through like three eras. He went through the Rockers. He did. He was a shit. And then his heartbreak phase. Worked. They all worked for him, the too. Genera- de- uh, the Generation X right. phase. Bro, he had a saying, suck it when we were fucking 11, years old. He's a comedian, he's old, a comedian dude, because yeah. the rockers, he was the shit. Like you said, that he went to Degeneration. Oh, did he go to Bret Michaels first? Or Bret Michael? Ma- Bret Michael? Don't do Bret Michaels. <laughs> oh, that's... That's dude, a lucky took, huh? I confuse them both all the time. Same eyeliner, huh? See, uh, oh, so then he went after... So when he left the Rockers, he was just Shawn Michaels. He was a showstopper, yeah. And then Degeneration X, and then the Heartbreak Kid? or Nah, he was Heartbreak I- Kid for throughout that whole stand. And then DX, he was just Shawn Michaels, I think. Oh, okay. And then he went back to the Heartbreak Kid? Probably, yeah, for like a throwback fight. And now he runs like talent, right? For wrestlers? Doesn't he do that for the WD? He's like a talent guy. Most likely. Yeah, and I advisor think they, and shit. they did a special on him. Like he does all that shit. Like like he does it for like the camps, I think. I love to see, I love seeing that like a, like an OG Hall of Famer and then they get like they a, on one of the Vice a gig like you that. You gotta see that on one of the Vice specials. Speaking of one Vice. of the good things, you know? Speaking of Vice, they're, they're gonna go bankrupt. Bankrupt, right? And they had like billions of dollars. I was like, what? I know I saw the a post by Eddie Huang, and I don't know exactly the That's the, the chef entire, guy? Yeah. Or that's the Japanese the Chinese guy that would go to different He's a, chef, world, he's a right? chef and also creator of shows or in movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he yeah, he created the show um He's Fresh cool, Off dude. the Boat. Yeah, he's cool. But he left it because he didn't like the way they did it because they, they cleaned it up. He's like, that's not what I wanted to see because he made them all like Americanized Asians. Uh, His intention was like the real shit. Like, yeah, oh, first generation. Like, exactly. And then they made it all, you know, something else. That sucks. But uh, that's why he took a whole load of money. The, uh, yeah, he said, like I saw him put in a thread and the question was like, why did Vice go bankrupt? And he put like cocaine. Yeah. But I'm, I may be speaking out of context or whatever, but could Damn. be, man. I don't know, man. But they did some dope shit. But did they also do a lot of hit pieces too? Supposedly later, like hit pieces. Yeah, yeah, they did. So I don't know, but but they were out there, man. Fuck yeah, they yeah. were. They they were dope when they started, bro. Started yeah. off as a as a magazine. I think it was like a skateboard kind of magazine, like uh, underground type of thing. Mm, okay, and the show with Omar Little was dope. The show about hip hop, the gentrification, the black market thing, right? It was yeah, like Michael Kidman's rest in peace. He did the black market thing. That was a dope Of course, show. The, the best show ever was uh, Fuck That's Delicious. Oh, yeah, with action. That was dope, too. Yeah, they had a, a lot of gems. He was the one bringing in all that, all that dough, man. Yeah, dude. Because they'd only did that other one where, uh, what was it um, that he did that people like? I don't know, it's around. Um, wasn't watching Ancient Aliens and he was all oh, high with yeah, his boys yeah, or they yeah. would drop over. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Getting high with And they would just aliens. chat it up, right? Yeah, they would have guests. And they would watch and they would just crack jokes. But they went way too crazy when they did another show of Action Bronx, right? Which didn't make sense. It wasn't like a talk show. Well, but I there didn't was like see a that. live band and they were like cooking. It was fucking chaotic, dude. Really? Like the wheels started falling off. Oh, no, no. At that point. That's too much, bro. I need something aesthetically dude, pleasing. Dude, it's like, it goes to show how Action Bronx, man, he's just, he's a fucking star, right? Like he does he, everything. That's a guy you just want to be around. Like mm-hmm. he, he he's just appealing in everything he does because he comes off just so honest, 
straightforward. He's creative. Uh, his takes on stuff, and he's just so like. And his bars. He's so likable on everything, man. And his bars, bro. He I said, can fucking watch that guy do anything, dude. He said he cried. He cried when Tony killed Big Pussy, bro. Oh, did he really? Yeah, yeah. That was one of his bars on the album. Well, which episode album. was that? Because he would always kill the pussy. Season three. <laughs> Season three, bro. The real one. I know. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that was a great episode, man. Because like he knew it was coming. He was would you say fun. that that show? Would you say that he, James Gandolfini, fulfilled the fullest potential of Tony Soprano? And second two-part question, did, did the season finale encapsulate like his whole character? Well, I, I think, okay, so if you're asking me, he is Tony Soprano. He made Tony Soprano. I think it's synonymous with him now. And even though it's synonymous with him, he was still able to do other roles and you saw him as that other role to give a testament of how great of an actor he was. So yeah, man, he made the Tony Soprano character iconic, 100%. Uh, the second part, this is where you and I disagree with. I think the, the Sopranos finale is one of the greatest finales of any televised show ever. Why do you say that? The reason why, and I even liked it from the get-go, but even though I didn't quite understand, like from when it ended, um, because the was different layers of it. I think one of the things is that why do you need to see him get killed? Because I think he got killed. The whole you know? family got sprayed. Probably, I know him, anyways. And um, other people made reference to this in videos that I've seen in the past because I'm not going to go back and rewatch it, even though I've seen scenes since like three times, I think. Um, they've described death in different episodes the way he died that it all goes black mm -hmm. right you don't hear anything and it all goes black right mm -hmm. and then do you recall the episode when um, they try to kill uh, yeah, his concierge the fuck you know the guitar player for, uh, for Bruce Springsteen remember one of the episodes oh, yeah, where yeah, he yeah, was yeah, sitting yeah. at the table with his guma and his boy and they killed the guy next to him and all everything was silent yeah right so they've already done the silence part but because he didn't get shot his his boy did right uh but yeah man so to me it was incredible because they didn't need to show them getting killed it died like that and it made it just a question mark you know like what the fuck happened and yeah. when we first thought their cable went out or whatever went out like what the fuck you know all this other shit and yeah, yeah. yeah to me i think it's it wasn't writer's block Fuck no, man. It was incredible, man. There was no writer strike at that time. That was a resilience. Why don't you like it? What? But you ran through the entire season, too, right? You've I, I thought, the, no, it's a great series, bro. You've seen it's it all, a, right? It's a top five. Okay. Yeah, it's a great series. But yeah, I was disappointed with the ending. Hmm. Like, I kind of felt that it gave me the same taste. Game of Thrones gave me the same taste The Sopranos gave me. I well, just, before it, you even think about Game of Thrones, because this was baby for Game of Thrones... Why just the standalone finale? Why don't you like it? I feel like you gotta you gotta end just as strong as you start, bro. Especially in a series or a film. Like if the beginning of a movie is good as fuck, but it ends terribly, I'm probably gonna be like, "Yo, this is a terrible film, man." Yeah, I but why? Do why no do you more. think the ending is weak, in your opinion? I think they should have showed him get murked, or they should have showed something like something um, like a resolution or like an ending. Well, that's the thing. You don't think it was a resolution. You need to see exactly. Yeah, bro. I thought it was just like the easy way out. Like, 
we'll leave it up to perception. Like we're gonna give you the the Pulp Fiction briefcase. That's what I thought they did. Like instead of like just to get people to conversate about it more, opposed to like closing the book, just to have like that momentum continuously roll on, which makes sense. But I'm I'm not a fan of that. Are you uh, are you a f- not a fan of open ended um, films shows when they end or then uh, when they when they end like that with a an like with a cliffhanger? Nah, man, that shit gets me mad, bro. It grinds my gears. I'm like, come on, bro. I, s- I sat through three hours and you're gonna end it like that. Mind you, if there's a part two, I get it. But if it's like the telltale end of everything, then I'd be like, nah, bro. See, and that's why we differ. I don't roll with that. That's why we differ specifically on that ending because I love open endings. Yeah. When there's a question left. Yeah, Because it, absolutely. it continues to live, in my opinion. Um, but it has to be done well. And that's the thing about that we that people overlook when they critique, I think, things that have open endings because it's not an easy thing to do. It's not just some simple things like, well, we'll just see what happened. Look, we don't know what happened. No. Yeah. It only works if it's done well. Like if it mm. was built up to a certain point and is done well, then it's like, oh, fuck. It works. But mm. not everything works that way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's a... Uh, but no, man, I think it's... Um, Sopranos ending and Madman ending, to me, they're perfect. Mm. Nice, man. That's how I felt about... So that's why I asked you the question... Because I felt like this last season of Snowfall and this last episode literally encapsulated all of Franklin's saying. Like everything was perfect. Everything was full circle. And Damson Idris made, like what you said about um, Gandolfini making yeah. Tony Soprano's uh, role iconic. That's how I felt Franklin's saying's role you, was. Uh, as well. this, this season for you, the final season was Cooperstown? Yeah, bro. It was, it was Hall of Fame for sure, bro. And like all the, like the little, the little um, Easter eggs and like the little references along the way too made made it even better for me. Like it elevated it. Like how they gave that shout out to Sing- Singleton. Yeah, absolutely. Like when it's they crazy. like walked up and it's like they're doing boys in the, the hood. Filming the movie. I thought that shit was so creative. That and was, then that was awesome. Yeah. And then like if you notice like. Throughout the whole, you ain't getting no Oscar. Yeah, I ain't getting shit for that. (laughs) And then, like, um, throughout the whole series, like Franklin never drinks alcohol whatsoever until that episode. And then throughout the whole episode, he's just drinking alcohol because that was like the biggest crutch his whole family had, and that was something that he didn't he didn't break. And and that's something that resonated with me because that's like my mission statement: like break generational curses. To create wealth, right? We got to heal from the past, make way for the future. But like, in a sense, he kind of did for his child because his child's like in private school, like what his wife's, what his ex-wife said or baby mama said, oh, he's going to be in the best schools. But like, he wasn't able to like cast that alcoholism that his father had on the show. And, And that shit resonated with me. I'm like, damn, that's sick. And what's cool about it is like the other Easter egg, like, when he was going to the grocery store or to the liquor store when Leon gave him those 20 bucks, that's where, that's he, where he worked. That's where he worked, bro. Right. So that's what that's what I loved about it, man. All that shit just tied up, made sense, and the, uh, it was very well thought out. It so wasn't a writer's you, block. For you, it was, a, it was a payoff for all the time you spent watching it because, like you said, the Easter eggs 
you could only pick up on the Easter eggs if you invested the time on the series, right? Yeah, like man. A, like a casual person that's just watching, they're not gonna pick up on all that stuff. Yeah, because they didn't. You know what, man? I thought uh, I went a little hard on it in our group chat. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've kind of let it simmer a little bit more. I still think the season was good. Yeah, but I wouldn't call it great. Mm. You know, I just I. To me, it was too... And this is where we see it differently in the sense of like... To you, it, it seems like, okay, it's, it's thought out. They put it together. They, they didn't leave any, any questions unanswered. Blah, 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 right? Uh, I felt like it was like... To me, it was like coloring in numbers. You know, I felt like it was like a coloring book where... You know, one is the sky, which represents blue. And then the turtle, two is green, you know? Mm. Like, oh, let's stay in our lines. That's how I felt this, this last season was, where... There was no innuendo. There was no like trusting the audience. I felt like it was kind of like spoon feeding everyone. And they're like, oh yeah. And then he becomes an alcoholic. He was afraid to drink alcohol, but now he's an alcoholic because his I didn't dad see was. That. I didn't see that. This, no, no, I'm not saying yeah. like it's predictable. Like they showed us. Yeah. I'm not saying a predictable thing. It's not about predicting because yeah. I hate trying to predict shit on shows. I'm saying what they laid out the ending being. They're like, oh look, and he became an alcoholic, just exactly I mean, what he wanted. I mean, ver- versus like, here's the cover, and then I opened the book, and all the pages are ripped because they had a writer's block; they couldn't finish it. No man, but speaking, <laughs> of, but speaking of writers, man, they're on the strike. <laughs> Which ones? Hollywood? Hollywood always wants the, attention. The writers, what are they saying? No, the Writers Which Guild, man, the the union, right east here in the west. Anyone that writes shows and movies, anyone that's part of the uh, the union went on strike. Oh, nice, good. So Why? then. Is that why the Lakers won yesterday? And is it's that why be. Embiid got the MVP? Because now, now you got other people writing shit, the scabs, because the real writers are out. And I have to say that because you know, you're, you're saying sports are, sports are written. So yeah, that's yeah, it's going to be So Lakers. what's going to happen in the playoffs? Are they going to just go wing it? It's going to be improvised? It's going to be Lakers. Lakers it's are going to win the be improvised by the nah. players? Like, what do I do now then? Nah, nah. That's nah, <laughs> the owners, bro. Owners don't go on strike. But um, it's going to be Lakers championship for sure. I was thinking Lakers Sixers because every Philadelphia team went to the championship this year for some apparent reason, but I think that'd be too predictable. And what I was telling my boys is like, dude, when Kobe beat the Celtics, he got five rings. So I think that's what LeBron's gonna do. So I think it'll be Lakers Celtics. That shit will get mad viewers. Well, I think everyone's gonna watch that shit. Boston should be Philadelphia. Harden went off, which was awesome. I love Harden, man. He gets a lot of bad shit on him. Uh, but he, uh, and deservedly yeah. so, because he's been pretty weak in the playoffs. Yeah, he's career, right. The, the uh, they got Embiid. And he, I believe he's playing tonight. Embiid. Actually, I think it's on. Exactly the Lakers right are now. gonna put in work, bro. It's gonna. They're gonna beat the Warriors. I think the Lakers. Sure. I hope the Lakers beat the Warriors. They I think will. they will. I believe the Lakers will. I have them beating the Warriors. The uh, but I don't think Philly will beat Boston. Bali's Boston. I got set. Boston too. Yeah. Boston skill set so fucking good, man. God damn, they're fucking good. I like Jalen Brown a lot, bro. Dude, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Tatum. Yeah. Uh, Tate, who's nah. the other dude? Am I missing one guy? I don't know. Probably nah. Those but are other stars, bro. The uh, dude, the guy that's insane is Reeves from the Lakers, dude. Austin Reeves, that guy's yeah. fucking badass, that man. He never boy. shows emotion. He just, I mean, he celebrates here and there, but he's just like a fucking stone cold, like boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom. You know, he's just focused but on. But but yeah, I think they'll the they'll have an easier time against the Nuggets. I think the Warriors will probably win in six or seven. But I don't, I don't think Lakers the Nuggets will, will be the Nuggets that good. Are fucking good, man. Nah, bro. They, they, <laughs> nah. Hell no. Nah. Nuggets are weak, bro. But yeah, man, the writer strike, man. So. uh... <laughs> 
hopefully, I mean, I saw the terms and shit. Dude, they're just asking for what's fair, man. The studio's always trying to fuck everyone over. Because the big, the big change that a lot of people haven't, you know, noticed is obviously, like, the streaming services. Right? Yeah. So, those streaming services are owned by the studios. It's not like it's a whole separate company. You know, so the, the students are still making money and money and money and money and money. And yep. they're always just trying to fuck people over. So what, what they're doing now, that's like, they don't want the writers to get paid for the shows. And they could stream forever. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? When before streaming services didn't exist, yeah, you could live in syndication. You need they need royalties for well, that's every what they're time trying to episode, fight for. Every time an episode streams, they're trying to fight for that stuff, and the studios don't want that. They're like, nah. So this is why Ye, formerly known as Kanye West, tweeted out his whole contract because that's what they fucking do is steal money from you, bro. Yeah, but you keep giving the credit to Ye. Hell yeah, he's moving mountains. So, dude, this is a trickle-down effect, bro. Dude, this has been done 40, 50, 60 years before Kanye, bro. You see how he had... They they have his uh, store office now, right next to Adidas and Melrose now. It's like they try to give credit to me if I I scrambled eggs. Bro, he's the first one I seen do it. scrambling eggs... For hundreds of years, bro. He's bro. the first one to do that in this don't era. Don't give credit dog. to that guy Yo, for that. Shout out to Ye, bro. Give him credit for other Stand, stuff. Fight, fight for your but rights, give baby. Give credit for that. <laughs> Ye uh, reference, dog. The uh, but yeah, man. So um, good. For yeah, them, nonetheless, bro. man. The I'm freaking uh, well, hopefully they get it. They're all picketing. Yeah, we'll bro. see. The fucking um, but dude, the trailer. What? Oh, the I did. I did what? see. I did see someone, which is dope, because you know when they're out there picketing, they put shit on their signs. And I saw someone like we're gonna spoil succession. Nice. Because <laughs> if bro. the writers know, right? But uh, I should have chosen like So it's the writers picketing? Yeah, because the writers union. Because it's the writers are being dope, cut off out bro. of everything. Is Matt Groening so there? On strike. Is Matt Groening there? <laughs> right. From knows, the Simpsons? Man. If he's part of the union. Nah, probably not. Typically, all those writers are, but you know that's why. Like, I think all the talk shows that no one watches anymore, they're not going to be on. They're just like on reruns now. They're just on reruns. Yeah, because they have no writers there. That's lame for them. That's lame for the that's lame for the couch potatoes. I mean, I didn't know they had writers. Go get up and and I didn't know they had writers on those shows, man. Because what that shit's written, what Jimmy Fallon says. (laughs) Shit. Hey, man. So fucking um, aside from your birthday, man. So and isn't your lady's birthday coming up too? Yeah, it's on Sunday. So you guys aren't doing anything, man? No little little birthday lunch on Sunday, anything? I don't know, man. I haven't thought about it. I gotta see. Like if someone else doesn't do it, like you won't do it, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I haven't been doing that shit for a minute ever since I've had kids. Like last, I did it last year for Luchador, but I didn't put no thought into it. Oh, that's it right. Like kids, that's right. Like with Sage, like it's way more busy now. So I'm like, I haven't put no thought to it. Yeah, man, and one of our closest boys, his birthday was at A2. A lot of you fucking May babies, man. Taurus? The, uh... Tauruses? Freaking, uh... Dude, man, but I was excited, man. I saw two trailers that really got me excited. Which ones? Well, the one I saw today was for Dune 2. Yeah. That trailer looks fucking That's ridiculous. That's gonna be action-packed. That looks, yeah, because it's the second was part. Well, it was just a label. No, it was yeah. good, but it was like the lane of the work. Especially with that, 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 that girl, dog. What's his name? That dude's Zendaya? Wack. Nah, that, the dude, what's his name? That should be dancing Idris fucking spot, bro. Roll, not his. Uh, yo, I talk with Timothy Chalamet? You hated on him just because he Timothy dresses like that? Timothy Charlemagne, the 
Timothy Charlemagne, the, hey, let him, the let him, overrated actor. Let him bro. be him, man. He's a good actor. Let him no, he's care not. how he dresses. No, he's not. Damson Idris should have. He's not a hero of mine. He doesn't have to represent. No, no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He's he's a. He's a he really don't good do it actor, for me. Man. He don't do it for me, dog. Freaking in the other trailers, Weep. Black Mirror, baby. Oh, I gotta watch that. Well, when's it's not that out yet? Out? But the C, dude, that shit's gonna. I when's it? When's uh? I don't know. I'm sure sometime soon. I don't know. But the previews out? Season six, yeah. That's dope. A few people that, that I know that are on it. My girl Sazzy Beats. Yeah. Selma Hayek. Yeah. Oh, Chicken McNuggets is in it. Hottest lady. And I don't know the who thirty else, man. pieces back. And I forgot bro. who else. <laughs> I forgot who else. But anyways, man, and of course, Sunny Philadelphia is coming back too. Oh really? And they were made a made a leak that uh, Brian Cranston and uh, Aaron Paul are in one of the episodes. Oh, that's tight. Like breaking, breaking bad. bad shit, dude. That's tight, dude. Good oh man, you. I fucking uh, I saw Bo is Afraid. What'd you think about it? It was. Um, so my mind hasn't changed since I watched it, so I let it settle down. Um, I, it was a good film, very complicated to make. I thought the first hour, hour 15 of the film was incredible. Yeah. Then it got really slow. Like, it, it made me look at my, my, my time. Like, I was like, fuck, this is dragging. Oh, shit. And not that it's a bad film, but I just felt it. it because it's you, like close to three hours. Give you some Midsummer vibes where it kind of drags, kind of... No, I didn't think Midsummer. I don't okay. think Midsommar dragged at all. Okay. But this one, because it starts so intense, right? And you're in someone's head and their anxiety. Yeah. And you're, you're practically living what they're living and their anxiety, what's in their brain. But it just gets to a point where it's like, oh, man, what's really happening? It's just like, oh, shit. It just goes on and on and on. And it's good and it's worthy, but... That's how I felt. So I don't know if it's because the front was so strong that I went like that, but Damn. it's a good watch, man. It's a good no, watch. Yeah, I'm going to watch it when, uh, when it's available to stream, for but sure. But make sure you, if you're, uh, you're up for it. You know that you're not tired. Because if you're tired, again. So this is Ari Oster's third best film. Based off of your synopsis right now. No disrespect. They'd be in the third best film with Hereditary and Midsummer. I mean, that's kind of like everyone else's best I film. Know. Um... For for my taste, yeah. Cause bro, you don't have no main stars in those films. You got Joaquin in this. No, what's your, well, I guess if you're talking about main star, you're talking about like someone that's super famous, right? Yeah, like a dude, like a blockbuster. Dude. Well, I mean, Florence Pugh's huge. Nah, but bro. she's not. She's not Joaquin Phoenix nah. level. She's a role player, bro. And she's a no, number. She's a, she's a number two, dog. No, she's a number one. She's Anthony sure, Davis, bro. Florence Pugh's a shit, bro. <laughs> she's a number one for sure. But she's not like That's world so renowned fun, like Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, but yeah. no, it's really good, man. It's really good. But yeah, I'd have to go to. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it, bro. I just I gotta make time. It's gotta be on our streaming service first. It'll it'll be there soon enough, man. Yeah. Hey, so how's the how's Pulp Rules coming on, bro? It's cool, but what's weird, bro? It's how like. Situations that happen in around my life, I end up reading about them later. Or I are you reading out of your journal? Or I read, or I, no, bro. Like I'm reading this fucking twelve rules for life, bro. I'm in rule seven, dog. Give me an example. Do tell. What's up? So there was a there was a moment where where my chick was at the park with with my with Zeke and Sage, and and Zeke was pl- was playing, and then there's these two kids. And they're kind of making fun of Zeke because Zeke has a speech delay. Okay. Because Zeke kind of like has minion talk right now. And he's like just trying to talk, you know? Right. And they're just like making, they're just laughing at him the way he's talking. 
And the, the mom of these parents was just there not doing anything about the situation. You could clearly hear it because Mercy was able to observe it, hear it, and wait it out the situation to see if, if she makes a move. Because unwritten rule, you don't, you don't discipline someone else's children ever. And um, so after a minute of the kids still laughing and then Zeke, Zeke's a positive-ass child, man. He, he's just like thinking they're, they're being playful with him. That's that's how my son is. Very innocent like that. Right. So Mercy picked up Zeke and said out loud, these kids are, are, are being mean. They don't want to play with you. Let's go somewhere else. Yeah. And she purposely sat next to that mom and like to like look at her and then the mom left. And then so I ended up reading um, in one of the rules on the 12 rules for life. It is rule... Four, I believe, and it is, oh my bad, rule five, brother, and it is do not let, here it is, do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. So, it's really cool, dude, because Jordan B. Peterson articulates everything very well. He's so fucking smart, bro. So I'm really happy to have picked up this book, especially when my kids are like in their formative years, right? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a part in this book that says um, disciplining your children. You know, how, how you need to make sure you discipline them because if you don't discipline them, someone else might. And when someone that's, that isn't familiar with their children, with your children, they're going to do it in a more dirty fashion. Correct. So so then he just goes on and, and talks about how like, you know, every gingerbread house has a witch inside of it that, that will devour children. So, you know, it comes with the territory. You know, so like whenever your your son's like in a you know, in a playground, you know, playing with another child, bro, like that's the moment they're gonna notice how magnitude matters and so does context right so it's like if i bite you too hard you're not gonna want to play with me but if i like nibble on you you know i'm playing with you and that's how you're gonna continuously play right yeah so so that's why it's like important to like observe from the beginning so like your son or daughter can know the limit know the line to be drawn because if you don't know about the line that's going to be more repercussions as you get older you might have like a missed personality and then you might be a loner you're not going to have any type of friends so that's why it's very important to like allow your child to explore go through the fire a little bit yeah, so absolutely. they so they could so they could get more armor so right. they could so they could feel more more strong and more independent and then that's what we've been molding our children to be bro and then also another great text from this book that he put that planted another seed in my head is like, if you're always there hovering around your children in certain situations or being fearful, like, oh, watch out, you're going to plant the seed that the child's always going to feel safe versus always going to feel strong. So what would you rather want your son to feel? Right, exactly. Especially in a moment of being alone or in a moment of being bullied, if you just resort to feeling safe, how are you right. going to respond to a bully, bro? So like all of that helped me put the pieces together when it when it's like mercy coming home 
to me with a story like this. Like, yo, Z- this happened in Ezekiel. And I was like, damn, so like that mom of those kids fucked up because you're just setting your children up for failure right. when it comes to the real world, bro. Because you need to be there to discipline them because if it's not you, if you're leaving the dirty work for somebody, they're going to play a dirtier game, bro. But it's crazy because it, it tells you that if you avoid the conflict that's that's necessary to establish peace, if right. you turn a blind eye, later on, your younger child is going to confront you. Or even right. in adulthood, they're going to confront you. And then you're going to have that moment when you're like, oh shit, I never knew it was like that. You know what I'm saying? The, um, how old were those kids? Do you know? They were probably like five, six. Oh, yeah. So they're like more bullies, you know? No, absolutely. But that's a moment where a parent needs to step in because, yeah. Yeah, man. It's one, and then also, like you said, man, it's like um, kids, have to, kids will go through that. And that's how they learn how to... Because right now they're in the years, like Zeke's in the years where at three years old where they start learning how to negotiate, right? They learn how to start negotiating with other kids. Yep. Like, where they're going to lend them a toy, they're not going to lend them a toy. I didn't like what he did. Like, and they learn how to, that's how they start building their social skills, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, and that's what happens with older kids. Older kids are always going to be a little more bullies yeah. and shit like that. And, uh, man, I was trying, right now you were saying, I was trying to look up the, that, uh, the key word that I'm missing. So I'm going to have to just leave it blank because I don't remember the word. So I'm going to butcher the same, but, uh, it says, so whatever noun I'm going to use on this one though, I'm replacing what's other. So it says, are you going to cover the world in, oh, are you going to cover the world in fur lap or are you going to wear shoes? Mm-hmm. You know, meaning like, like, are yeah. you going to try to cover the world in this like soft stuff so you never get hurt? Yeah. Or are you going to put shoes on, man? And that's how you start, yeah. you know, you're going to start. You know, learning that hey, things dangerous out there. It's more important to be courageous, right? And Jordan B. Peterson talks about that, where he says that. What are the what are you when you know he's a clinical psychologist, right? Where he says that he would see people with so many issues, right? That so many like social anxieties, problems, and he said, what you do with them as a as a cognitive psychologist is that you don't teach them not to be afraid. You teach them how to get, be how to become braver. Yeah. Because you're never going to eliminate those fears. You have to like teach them how to be braver in those situations. And that's how you overcome things. And that's, and that's how you become a better person in society. Yeah. Because you're not going to eliminate those fears. You're not going to eliminate those things. It's like he was talking about one, uh, I think the interview he did with Jocko Willick. He was talking about where there was a guy who was speaking of this. He was afraid of syringes. And I know you're not afraid of syringes, but you don't like needles, right? I just don't like, no, I, I don't mind needles. I, I just don't like the I just don't like blood leaving my body. Right. Okay. So then he like his example was there was this guy who, who would see him who was just like terrified of syringes, right? Terrified. So he said to build it up, he told the, the man like, hey, tomorrow I'm gonna bring in a syringe. Okay. I'm just gonna have it with me. It's gonna be my desk. And he just built the steps up. And then later on I was like, okay, now it's under this sheet of paper. So like, you know, yeah. like in any time you don't, you, yes, you've had enough, you say stop and done. And that's how they built that guy's tolerance. But it's wild how it's because you're teaching your brain. Like, 
like all these. You're teaching like, yourself how to walk again. It's yeah, it's like you're, you're what, forming what these thoughts of like, okay, it's there, but I have power over this thing. Has no power over me. Absolutely. You know, it's, um, He's so, so methodical. That's why those guys get paid the big bucks, man. Bro, it, one day if I could just be in his brain for one hour, if I, I I really I I will be able to articulate the way he is. Like that's one of my goals. Like I love the way he fucking speaks, bro. Like I swear to God, like when I read this book, I just hear his voice. In my head the whole time, dude. Can you do his voice? Well, the weak man does. No, he doesn't. Come like up that. to me like this. <laughs> but I got bad. As I told too. him, I can't. Bad at accents. He too. talks like this, but a lot deeper. Well, he's like a little Canadian accent, but like Kermit almost, right? I, I can't do it, dude. It's something like that. Yeah. It's bro. in the bloody details. The devil's nah, in the bloody details. Nah, I can't man. do it either, dude. That's snatch. I'm that's awful, bro. That's not awful. I you can't sound do like accents. Brad Pitt. Dog. I can't do accents, dude, with that. No, but this book has so much fucking gems, bro. Well, yeah, but yeah, yeah. And, and it's and it's true what, what you're talking about. And I like that he, he he expands on that and he talks about how whenever you challenge yourself to want to change, you always got to give yourself a reward. So mm. it's like if you tell yourself, all right, you know what? I'm going to go to the gym today for sure for an hour, but I'm going to get but ice I'm cream go after. Have sex with a hooker after? Exactly. But I'm going to go <laughs> raw dog it. It's shit like, shit like that. <laughs> So I'm as long as you reason... I'm going to go get an eighth of heroin. Yeah, bro. So like making that... Bro, and like the way he like depicts the Sleeping Beauty, bro. Mm-hmm. How it's like... Like the Sleeping Beauty, like they, they showed her to the world, right? Right. And because the parents were so overbearing, so overprotective, that they didn't invite Maleficent. Right? right. So it's pretty much symbolically showing that, hey, you know what? We put a filter on evil. Right. You're never gonna know what evil is. Right. But then evil Shelter showed them from up. The world. Yep. Then evil showed up, right? And then, and then when they talk about like the needle, right? She's gonna prick herself with a needle, right? Okay. That's pretty much symbolizing her period, bro. Her becoming a woman. I was like, what the fuck? Like he talks about it on this book, and I'm like, that makes complete sense. And then, and then he said. They even fucked up. That was another moment where they, they didn't they couldn't they could have saved it, but they fucked up because they threw away everything with the needle. Right? So they like safeguarded her again. Right. And then yeah, so it, and then he pretty much talks about um, Well he does that a lot, right? Doesn't he use a lot of uh, fairy tales and all that to make examples of life because he brings up Pinocchio. Yeah. And a lot of different people. So so he says I'm I fucked up. He says the spinning wheel is the wheel of fate and the prick which produces blood symbolizes the loss of virginity, a sign of the emergence of the woman from the child. Okay. Yeah, bro. Yeah, man, that's fucking uh that's why it's a so top we, seller, dude. Pr- pretty much they chose unconsciousness over terror of adult life. Same thing existentially similar to this occurs very frequently with overprotected children who can't be, who can be brought low and then they and then they desire a bliss of unconsciousness. The um So they'll rather live in their own world because you're pretty much safeguarding it. So you um so that's one of the things that you that you've mentioned a few times, right? Where you want to be able to articulate your thoughts and feelings in a in a more robust way like absolutely him, right? yes so how how do you how are you going to go about doing that robust huh i've been i've been screaming that grabbing, pasta sauce man i've been robust 
I've been I've been screen grabbing every word, bro, that I'm reading, dog. So okay, in the one thing book. that you're already doing to improve with that is you're you're reading a lot, right? Absolutely. So you're reading yes. a lot. I read at least a, I try to read at least an hour a day or thirty minutes a day. And reading is not gonna be enough, right? But that's a strong step. So what's the next thing? It would be to how how focused are you when you're speaking and the words that you're using? Are you that's I would think that would be that's the next step to think, okay, how am I articulating this? Did I use the word like too much? Because right now you said like like ten, like 10 times in the span of a minute. So it's yeah. about thinking about that for yourself because I know I do that too. And it's about thinking, man, I fucking said that word again. Why? Why am I using that word? It's just like fillers. So it's about looking at yourself and thinking, okay, I used that too many times. Let me eliminate that. Why did I use that word? And that's when you start getting better at, okay, mm. at least I'm eliminating this. I'm cutting the fat out. But to me, like, because I'm with you there, like I want to be able to articulate mm. things as well. So what I need to do is I got to read yeah. I just have to read and the thing is do the same thing that I told you number two is I, want, I need to focus on how I'm articulating things how do I truly feel about something right as opposed to okay I'm going to quote this and quote that it's good to do that but what are my thoughts on why that is important to me or why did that mean to me even if it's not that's something that I could elaborate as other people can but at least there'll be my words and then that's the start and then from there, I can build on it, right? Absolutely. And that's the thing. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, getting rid of archaic parenting mm-hmm. behaviors. Okay. What would be that? What would be an archaic uh, parenting behavior that, that you feel that you've eliminated from, that you didn't incorporate yeah. into your, your life? Suddenly, suddenly stepping in a moment I might assume as dangerous versus letting it play out so like regularly like having my daughter taking a step on my on my um stairs okay versus like me running towards her and like hey hey, hey, hey." right that type of stuff right so i feel like i've done a that's huge right huge because that's something i suffer from because first off your reaction from her eyes is not of panic Right, like that's not rushing over to get me. Absolutely. So she sees like, oh, so my dad's just being normal and I, calm. And to her, it's just like, okay. I feel like by by being brought up in an environment like that, you're gonna continuously water your children with hesitation, and right. that's that's what I feel like are the the Legos that you're building whenever you parent in that type of manner. So that's right. something that I that I I definitely felt that I grew up with and I definitely observed in our environment in our household in our with our siblings with our cousins neighbors things of that sort yes so I've always been observant in in that type of sense and and I never really felt like the observant type but now looking back I, I was observant I guess because I was able to to digest all that information and and now I'm applying it when it, when it really matters, right for my children, right for our, for our future. Yeah, because now, whatever actions and behaviors you you do, it's it's separate from you now. It's affecting your children, yeah, in a way that we'll never understand. Because even now, as adults, we're we are more and more understanding 
what our parents' behavior did to us. And at that moment, we didn't know, good or bad. Like the impact of their behavior, as we get older, we're saying like, oh, fuck, I do that because of that. Or my reaction is because of this, because of that, whether it's good or bad. So that's why the impact that you're having on your children now, you will know until it's developed, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And I think on that note, man, it's a good positive note. Absolutely, yes, sir. You and on that, take us out with something, man. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna give a shout out to the Guesseria Henry Cejudo because he's cheesy. He's back, but he's gonna, he's gonna win. I feel. Hey, but um, you know what? I gotta go step forward. He's the. I don't think they do this anymore. He's the quesadilla that he used to do. Remember that, that secret shit you used to do in uh, fucking... Uh, Easy takeout, carryout? No. What's that fucking... Uh, Chipotle. Chipotle. Oh, okay. Remember you used to tell me before they started charging, put the wrap oh, into the yeah. cheese tortilla and whatever it was? Do the quesadilla first and then the meat. I forgot It was, about it was that. like it was you order that burrito and then you told them I'll wrap it with another one. No, no, no. What you would do is, you know, when you would go to Chipotle, they would heat up the tortilla. Okay. Prior to heating up the tortilla, you would tell them to put cheese on it. So when they would heat up the tortilla, it'd be a quesadilla. And they wouldn't charge you for that. And then and they finally caught on. They're like, too many people know now. Yeah, bro. That was an unwritten rule. But go ahead, man. Say who though, man. He's back. Yeah, he's back. He's going to win, bro. I feel like, um, no disrespect to Sterling, I think he just caught... These fighters in a perfect moment. He caught Peter Yan on his way out. That psychology with the knee to the face helped him out. He fought TJ when he was injured. So I feel like him fighting Cejudo is going to be a buzzsaw. So I think Cejudo is going to have his way with him. And I think Cejudo will probably, I don't know, man, probably ground and pound in the third round. Yeah, I don't take anything away from Aljo, man. Aljo's great, though. He man. really no impressed disrespect. me. He really impressed me because the first time you fought Yan. Jan was winning the final so that a legal yes. blow. So then I was like, man, Jan's going to beat him the second time in. Aljo controlled him. I was he completely did. impressed. But yes, Cejudo's just another level, man. That guy could talk as much shit as he wants and be as corny as he wants. Because so he cheesy. fucking backs it him. up, man. God yeah. damn, that guy's impressive. Triple C, bro. Triple C, man. That yeah. guy's fucking impressive. Yeah. So hell yeah, man. Go say Cejudo. We'll see how it lands. Yes, sir. But thank you, everybody out there, for liking, listening, and subscribing. Don't forget, be your big fa- biggest fan. Be your biggest fan. And Lee would love a brother from the same mother. Everyone, stay up, 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 up.